Welcome along to G'day GA. I'm delighted to be joined here this evening at my kitchen table by the one and only Shawnee O'Leary. Shawnee, welcome along. Thanks, Liam. Uh, John Heenan, known as Giggles. How are you going, Liam? And Dara Blake has made it back for his second appearance. Welcome back, Dara. Thanks, boys. Great to be here. So we might just start off this evening. We got a couple of tweets in from last week's show. Obviously, oh, sorry, two weeks ago now was our last show. Sorry about no episode last week, but we were building up for this bumper international rules preview. Um, first tweet we got in last week was from Shawnee's brother, which is a bit, you know... His own brother's tweeting in, Brian O'Leary, um, was the music episode that we had. And uh, we had Shawnee's brother tweeting in saying, you should have gotten Sean to sing Sean out." <laughs> uh, I think we're all glad that we, didn't, we didn't have Shawnee singing. He's got a lovely voice for the radio, but not a great singing voice. No, no, that's true. Yeah. We also got a, a tweet in from Alan Claw at What Happened Head. I believe he's a, fr- a friend of yours. Um, Dara, he said, at AGA, that's a big budget signing getting Dara Blake on the pod. We couldn't afford his wages back in the scanner. Hashtag giggles out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe hashtag giggles out was trending big oh. time there last week on Twitter. <laughs> Top 10 in the US. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're lucky to be back on giggles, actually. We did get a lot of people tweeting that in and, and WhatsApp me as well from Ireland. But um, we'll hold on to you for another episode or two. Thanks, thanks, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they, they were a the couple of tweets. So keep the tweets coming in at GadeGA. Follow us on Instagram at GadeGA and all emails to GadeGA at gmail.com. So today's show is an international rules special. We're also going to be covering um, the recent All Stars that got announced and also an update on the championships back at home, particularly the club championships. Um, but first up, we're going to go to our international rules preview. Um, we were very, very lucky that we had one of our own club mates. We won't call him Wolf Tones man. Dara here is a St. Kevin's man, but we call him Gary Owen for tonight. But Connor Costello, known as CC, plays football at Wolf Tones, but hurling with us, was in training with the international rules team. And David Collins, Gary Owen man, was training as well. Yeah, with, with, with the Ireland international rules team in Melbourne yesterday, Wednesday. Um, so we're very lucky that we got we got CC on the line um, for a quick interview there just earlier in the day. So we're just going to have a quick listen to that first and then we'll come back with it with our preview of the international rules. Travelling in a Friday combi On a hippie trailhead full of zombies I met a strange lady She made me nervous She took me in and gave me breakfast And she said Do you come from a land down under? I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Connor Costello from Galway. Connor is a is a, a proud Galway footballer and also a Wolf Tones footballer here in Melbourne and a Gary Owen hurler, one of my own clubmates. Thanks for joining me, Connor. How are you, Liam? How are you, Liam? Cheers, thanks for, thanks for asking me on. Yeah, it's great to have you on, Connor. And uh, he's known as CC, so I'm going to call him CC. CC, <laughs> you're in. First of all, you sent in a comment to me there last week about the, the, the men's football. Um, you know, you think you knew where I was coming from, but I didn't appreciate your dig now. <laughs> I think he gets added a bit onto that, Liam. Now, I don't think he quoted me word for word on that one, but uh, I just I just wanted to add a comment. Just I don't think he uh, represented. The football just stayed enough, but um, now you touched on it a small bit. I think anything compared to the compared to the ladies' football over the state, nothing, nothing compared to that. Like so, um, 
No, I don't. I don't have much to say. I think you touched on it enough. Okay, fair enough. We won't, we won't say anymore. <laughs> but Giggles definitely did set me up, and he told me after the fact that he added in a bit himself. Oh, um, he did. He did, of course. Yeah, you can yeah. trust him. No, he's, <laughs> I think he's getting me back for a couple of things I did to him. Um, but yeah, the reason we have you on on the on the line, CC, is obviously the Ireland international rules team are over with us at the moment. They're about to play the first test on Sunday um, in Adelaide. And they were training in, they arrived in Melbourne on Tuesday, they trained in Melbourne Tuesday and also they trained in Melbourne last night, Wednesday night. And you were involved in the training session. You were called into the training. How did that all come about? Yeah, look, yeah, luckily enough. Well, um, uh, so Joe Kernan's son, Paul, is out here as well. I'm sure you might know him. He was actually, he was our manager this year for... Uh, for Wolf Tones and he was manager for the state as well for Victoria for over in the state games. But um yeah, he, he got on to us and he said that um I think I think David Panel twenty three that came came over with the Irish squad and they were looking uh, just in their own preparations, they were looking to get a fifteen aside game going on Wednesday. So they needed obviously needed um seven players and uh Paul got on to a few of us, right? And he just um he just asked, Is there anyone available Wednesday? Or he he called out I think it's five or six of us outfield players and there was a goalie as well and he just asked us are we available would we be would we be up for going in with the Irish squad just to, just to make up numbers for a game and um, yeah obviously I think everyone was was more than happy to oblige you know you don't you only jump at the chance to to train with the Irish squad especially being in Melbourne and the whole lot so. Um, yeah, so it worked out well. Yeah. I'm more than happy. Yeah, delighted. Yeah, and kind of a crazy opportunity, really, when you think about it, to to get that kind of, kind of call. It's not kind of a call you're expecting, and um, I know you're carrying a bit of a shoulder injury at the moment, CC, but you're able to put that aside to go in and and, <laughs> and take up that session. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was over. Yeah, I was over with you in part as well the state games, but unfortunately, I think uh, I think I, I was rushing a small bit to be to be fit to play for the state games, but. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's it's been a few weeks since then. The shoulders been getting a small bit better. So once uh once I got once <laughs> once I got the call right to go in for the train, I, I couldn't say no really. I couldn't turn it down. But I was a small bit worried going into. But luckily, um, luckily I I, I came through. I know there's a few big boys in that Irish squad, but uh, yeah, luckily I came through on the right side. Anyway, isn't it? Nothing. Uh, Nothing too bad. I'm still 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 good to go. Yeah, because I actually went down and watched it. I, don't know, I, I was I was texting you today. You didn't know I was there, but myself and Giggles went down after work, and we we were watching you train. Um, and we saw you on I saw you on the ball a lot, and I saw I know Davy Collins as well from Gary Owen was involved. And who who else was involved? Um, yeah, so Davy from Gary Owen, myself, and then there was Carl Maxwell. He's from Wolf Tones, and uh, Daryl Rourke as well, another Galway lad, um, from Wolf Tones, and um. Oh, well, sorry, Richie O'Callaghan from Man of Footballer from Wolf Tones, and then Decky Grimes as well. He's the goalie, so he's another guy from Wolf Tones. Um, yeah, so I, like, like Paul contacted us right. He was looking for one goalie, three backs, three forwards, and I think I think he ended up getting three backs and two forwards. So it was five outfield players he needed at the end. So yeah, and it all it all it all worked out well. Yeah, and being honest, obviously looking on CC, he didn't look out of place. Like, how did you find the session yourself in terms of? Those boys have obviously been together for the last, you know, four or five weeks in a camp. They've had w- weekends away, and obviously you've been out of action yourself with a, a shoulder injury. Now I know you did play senior football with Galway yourself in under twenty one football with Galway, but how did you find just going into that session, probably not having a whole lot behind you? Um, how did you find it? Yeah, well, like going into it, like um, Paul actually told us there's going to be four, um, there's going to be four quarters like like the other games, so. I think going into it, we weren't too sure ourselves of what uh of what was going to happen, but um. But we said we'd give it a go anyway. It was, it was only going to be a good experience. I know that looking at the boys, you know, a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of big boys there. But um, 
we kind of figured it wouldn't be going too hard. It's kind of, it's kind of more for our own preparation. And uh, whatever way we could help, that's all, that's all we were trying to do. But uh, we were all, yeah, we weren't 100% sure what we were going into. We knew it was going to be a small bit of training and a good game. But uh, it turned out just being two quarters. I think we were a bit shocked. We thought it was going to be four quarters. But once once it stopped, it stopped. But um, yeah, yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting to, just to see the, the standard because I know we've been, a lot of guys have been out here two or three years since we've been at, at that sort of a higher standard. I got a chance to play at the higher standard at home, so... It was interesting. See, I know you said yourself. You said yourself. Everyone got a, Everyone got on the ball a good bit. Everyone displayed themselves good enough. I think everyone was happy after the game, and how they how they did or how they um, how they attributed to the whole the whole training session. So, and, so uh, it was good. Yeah, and how did you find? Obviously, it's a compromise rules game. So, how did you find going into that? Having, I suppose, you weren't practicing and that or thinking about that up until this week yeah. until you got the call. How did you find that, like with the mark and with the tackling? You know, it didn't seem to be a whole lot of tackling going on. To be fair, it seems to be a bit more free flowing. Um, yeah. What? How? How? How did you find that even going in to play with the boys, but also playing that, the different game? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think the majority of lads out here that play Gaelic football would have, would have tried a bit of Aussie rules. So it's it's an easy conversion to make. I know you're playing the small bit of nine inside yourself, and you pick it up fairly fast, you know yourself, but um. It's good, sure. Look, the mark is in, in in the Gaelic football game now, like from the goalies' kickout. So that that conversion isn't isn't too hard. Yeah. But um, yeah, the train itself was all right. There wasn't too many tackles. They did a few tackles as a warm up, and a few tackles did go in. But um, yeah, look, when you know you're going to get tackled, you tend to get rid of the ball a bit quicker. Or there's always a man off the shoulder. But uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. It was a different a different type of game. I know all the Irish out here love any sort of compromise rules or even playing the Aussie rules because. It's a different type of game, and any sort of difference to to a usual game is it just makes it more enjoyable. So, and in terms then of obviously you had a couple of quarters where you took a break, and I saw you pull over underneath to stand your training in, in the Punt Oval, which is where Richmond, who are the the equivalent of the other yeah. champions, is their home ground. And obviously, yeah. Joe was having a chat with you and the players. I'm not expecting you to divulge everything, but what was he emphasizing upon the players? I suppose from what he had seen, and in terms of the build up to to Sunday. Um, yeah, well, like we, we didn't we didn't take no. Obviously, they have their own game plans and stuff, and they know they know what they're talking about. But uh, they just touched on a few things what they were doing. I think what they were trying to do and what probably game plans they were trying to implement. Um, they just touched on a few things. I think the the for them that little training session was as I said all about preparation, just to get their bodies ticking over and kind of just preparing to hit that hundred percent um, work rate and and, and and all that sort of stuff. So. Um, yeah, he wasn't talking too much tactics or too much, too much. Uh, I can't give you any gas, any information. On what, <laughs> You're a very good answer. Um, he'd, he'd, be delighted if he, do, so. he'd be delighted if he's listening to this. Cece. You haven't even, given away even, anything, if did, even if I did know anything, um, I, w- I wouldn't be telling you anyway. Even, but, uh, <laughs> You're in Australia too long at this stage. Yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> but, um, fair no, no. We, uh, we're, as, as much as we we're trying to listen to them, they were just they were just talking on what what they could do in in the training session itself. But um. I think uh, the the five or the six the six of us that were in there were were, were like little kids and we're, we're happy just to be part of it. And in terms of obviously the game on Sunday, CC, I think we're all going to tune in and watch it. Um, yeah. And obviously, you've been here for a couple of years yourself, watching the AFL. You have a you have a keen interest in it. You've played a bit of AFL. That's why you've actually picked up that shoulder in. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we won't we won't talk about we won't that. talk about that. <laughs> but what way do you actually see it going on Sunday? Having obviously had a, I suppose an inside look at the boys and, and obviously your knowledge of the of the AFL here. Yeah, well, uh, like like everyone at home, like when you're at home, the best of your of your AFL knowledge is what 
the highlights that you see on TG Cahir. So it's it's not too much. It's not too much. To, like you wouldn't have too much knowledge at home. And I think that's 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 the way the majority of the Irish squad are. I know just chatting to does a go well there, Shane Walsh, serious footballer. But I know he's over, and I, I was kind of asking him what would he know about the the Aussie Rules squad, and he didn't seem to know much because look, you only really get to know it and follow it every week to week. When you're out here, especially when you're in Melbourne, with the with the with the big influence the AFL has in people in Melbourne, but um, one one thing I was surprised of that even when you when you when you're following the international compromise rules at home, you don't really know the the players themselves, so you don't really know who Ireland are playing. Really, you know it's a professional sport, yeah. and you know they're 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 all good players. But I think one thing I was surprised when I saw the Aussie Rules squad is how good the actual squad is, and how good how professional that they're playing the best of the best and. That yeah, you do have a couple of Brownlow medalists there. I think in the Brownlow history, you probably have five or six lads that were in the top, in the top ten players of the Brownlow. And then I think you've Ben Brown there. I, I, I know he kicked. I, I'm sure he was up with the, he was up with the the top top goal scorers of the whole year. And he's he's playing this this Sunday. So so it'll be interesting to see. I don't think the Irish lads do realise how how good that the Aussie players are. And I don't think even people at home would would realise that that it's actually the best of the best. Yeah. Of Australian rules players, like so, I think I think it'll be interesting to see being on this side of the, being on this side this side of the world and knowing the Aussie rules players, and it'll be interesting to see anyway how how Ireland do play against them, knowing that it's the it's it's the it's the best players from Australia, like. Yeah, especially I think that just like you said that the best of the best they brought in a new rule this year that any Australian player picked has to be an All Australian, which is an equi- All Australian, which is yeah. equivalent of being on the on the All Star team. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's very interesting to see um, that coming to fruition because I think a couple of years ago that provision wasn't there and there were some weakened Australian teams that Ireland played and Ireland came out quite handsomely on top and it kind of didn't really reflect the quality of the players that are here. So I think it's really good for us being Irish in Australia seeing how good the team that Australia are putting up against Ireland this weekend and then that we know that we've, we've got a fairly good team up as well so that's what's really exciting I think for Irish living here that we can it's a bit more we have a bit more of an inside track on it yeah 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 definitely definitely like you can you can name drop it nearly every, every Australian player there you have Dangerfield and at five they're all playing I think Gary Ebler has just called out I think he's pulled he out due to yeah. yeah, due to uh, other, other circumstances. But um, oh, Selwood, all them players. I just, I just when I saw the Australian rules squad because I think in the last two years, especially my first year, right, I wouldn't. It takes you a while to get to know the players and the teams, and so you're you're just you're just submerged into into all the teams straight away and players. But after the last two years and then seeing that the squad is there, it's going to be yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting anyway to see how Ireland fare out compared compared to such such big names anyway such. Such household names for in in Australia anyway. Yeah. Well, we're all looking forward to it anyway on Sunday. There'll be a big Irish crowd. It's on a great time for us, so we'll be all able to find a, a good watering hole to watch it. It's going to be a nice, yeah. hot, a nice hot day here in Melbourne. It's a nice hot day in Adelaide. So thanks very much, CC, for joining us. Congratulations on being involved. And like I said, we were down watching you, and you, like I said, you you you're flying around the place there. So it was a great honour and a great achievement to be in there with them. So. And I saw you got a nice bit of gear for yourself as well. You were showing that off on Instagram there earlier on. So, well done on that as well. <laughs> cheers, cheers. Yeah, we got, we got no jersey each other with it. Yeah, so, it was, it was definitely worthwhile. Come on, Cece. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for that. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Fair play to you guys as well. The three, you're doing, you're doing, a, fair, you're doing a fair job with that podcast. So, um, uh, keep it going anyway as well, don't you? Sound, Cece. Talk to you soon. So, no worries. Good luck. To win just once would be enough. 
on the line um, what an amazing thing to get a phone call start of the week would you want to come in train with the International Rules Squad I'm surprised you had him on the podcast now Liam after the dig you had it two weeks ago now but fair play to you you put your pride aside and you put the podcast first and you brought CC online yeah well we cleared the air there as you heard at the start of the interview and he did, he, I found out that you kind of set me up really that he, there was a lot of things he actually didn't say in that message that you kind of added to him but that's okay I think we've got you a couple of times during the year so I was more than happy to be got once um, but yeah, you and me, Giggles, went down to have a look after work on uh, on Wednesday evening. Dara was there as and well. Dara was, sorry, Dara was there as well. Shawnee was working hard as usual. He's a very, very busy man. He couldn't, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't get away from the desk. We were able to squeeze away. But <coughs> unbelievable seeing the boys out there with the likes of Aidan O'Shea and Mike Murphy. Yeah, they're, they're, they're actually a big team. I couldn't get over so the size of some of the players. Like even Owen Cadigan, uh, the Cork guy, was standing beside Michael Murphy. He's a giant. Jeez, he's, he's an absolute animal. I think um, the, probably the most impressive player that I saw on the pitch was probably Conor McManus. He was their top scorer in the last series, I believe, and uh, he's probably going to be their main danger man. But yeah, they're in, they're in Tigerland in the Punt Road Oval. The pitch was like a carpet. The boys, I think there was seven lads from Melbourne or six lads from Melbourne lucky enough to get in and train with them. So that was a fair achievement for them. And CC wasn't giving it away there. He was obviously warned by Paul Kern and jo Joe's son not to say it too much. <laughs> yeah, he obviously knew that our podcast is very high profile as well. And that <laughs> the board would probably get back to the Aussies uh, if he wants to divulge that on the line. But Dara, you were there as well. And obviously, um, former county mate of yours, uh, Gary Brennan, was there. He had a slight hip injury. He, he wasn't able to take part in the session. Um, and we're hoping to get him on the podcast maybe in this one or hopefully maybe next week um, but you, you you got to hang around with some of the boys on, on the Tuesday how, how are they feeling? Um, they're, it's massive relief so they flew in on Monday and obviously they had a bit of jet lag and stuff like that so they're up and about on Tuesday and they did a quick pool session and Mel it was Tuesday so it was the Melbourne Cup so chatting to Gary and a couple of the lads and they were like, will we go to the Melbourne Cup? Will we not? This is like a w once in life sport or sporting achievement. But, you know, they, they're they're acting this week and next week, obviously, as professionals. So they have their professional hats on. They said they wouldn't go. They'd watch the race somewhere else as a group. Um, so, you know, they felt they said they felt the buzz around the city and stuff like that. So that was great to see uh, Gary himself hasn't been training with the team during the week but um i reckon he'll he'll definitely be in the mix on saturday he's just resting up he's had a long season with the club in the county as well so he's uh he'll definitely be in the mix before the end of the year but as you were saying john the the you know the size of the irish guys you know chatting to one and one like even zach Tui and pierce hanley there you know normally the aussie irish guys would stand up stand out an awful lot but um, you know they were just some of the lads just there. You know once they had their 
when they were tugged out yeah, they weren't they're they the same size as, yeah. as, as the Irish lads yeah. they're not smaller the Aussie lads are yeah. and yeah. I think that's Shawnee that's probably a testament to the way the inter-county football game has gone probably in the last 10 years in terms of the conditioning of teams yeah. like like see there's even a photograph on the Irish Twitter account there and it was Owen Cadigan and Aidan O'Shea having a conversation and the ca- you had to put in a caption what things they're talking about and someone said each other's guns. Like yeah. the boys are wearing sleeveless vests and they're absolutely ripped. Like you know what I mean? Like whereas ten years ago the Irish team would not have been in that kind of shape. Yeah, show. and and that's the difference, I think <clears throat> that's the difference nowadays as well with the two games. Um we might get into a bit more detail there later, but I mean the way the Aussie Rules game has gone previously it was all big, big men, like big, you know, muscly men, like and just horsing fellas out of it. You know, you had the lads up in up in the full forward line and you just had big targets up there and just out muscled their backs. But now you've got you've got um, the Gaelic football coming more professional in terms of preparation, diet, all these type of things we've been hearing about, and it's actually proof of the game now. Where like there's no there's no positions in the Gaelic football team now. It's just running up and down the field all day. That's the way Gaelic football has gone, and the Aussie Rules game has gone from being that brute physical game back to what the Gaelic football is now More it's running like a game, pure yeah. running yeah. game like yeah. so the the Aussie Rules game is all about uh, territory in the field and like it's just a crowd of players going all just in a bunch all over the field and they're just running up and down the field yeah. all day and both games are kind of coming in line now together and we've seen it in 2015 where like the fruits of that was was pretty evident as the game was so tight like it was 56 52 and I think we're going to see another yeah. cracker like this um, this weekend. Yeah, and I think the International Rules Series is such a... For me, I've always enjoyed it as a kid. I remember watching the games as far back as 1998. The series got reinvigorated and came back to life. I remember watching the games on TV. And there was always great attendances at Crow Park. Obviously, we had the, the great series in 2004, 2005. And then we had that series 2006. And there was some commentary on that during the week. Joe Malloy and off the ball had uh, Matty Ford on. He had Kieran Donahue. There was a lot of physical violence in that game and mm. the Irish players were not happy Sean Boylan wasn't happy and the series ended up being postponed the following year but just to take a kind of a step back from before we get into Sunday and, and the build up the series itself has a very checkered past um, in terms of how well it's received both in Ireland and in Australia I think it kind of ebbs and flows the Irish we got right behind it in 2006 there was 82,000 at the second test in Crow Park yeah. um, some of the tests in Melbourne back in 2005 there was over 50,000 at it I was at a test here in Melbourne in 2011 I was only here a year there was 12,000 at the game yeah. and it was because Australia had kind of taken a step back from it they didn't want putting their best players into it no. Ireland were still sending strong teams so it's kind of been up and down this kind of <laughs> pendulum swing probably for the last 20 years yeah. and it, like I think there's huge merit in the series both are indigenous sports playing in their own country and we were able to comp- come to a compromise and play against each other yeah, it's it's kind of I think it's kind of back to that level where it probably should be at now, where you've got really really strong Australian team like you mentioned it there earlier, the all Australian kind of qualification rule, and you've got while you don't have the dubs and you don't have a few of the bigger players, you have a really really strong Irish team, and they're both going to be very physically fit. They probably won't obviously be at the peak of their powers because the Premiership season has been over for four or six weeks. The lads will have been finished their championship for a while, but. I think it's kind of really set up for a really even match in this one and yeah. I think probably because it it, it was a checkered pass was maybe the Australians I remember one time they sent a purely indigenous team and they got hammered actually by the Irish team who were the very strong team and then if you go back to the physicality piece when, when Australia hammered Ireland 
Ireland just couldn't match them physically. And I, I remember actually in the media at the time, the Aussies were all kind of, who's this Gooch lad? Who's this Gooch lad coming over? You know, he had a big name in Ireland. And then he got off the plane and they saw this little ginger lad get off the plane. They're like, he's not the bloody Gooch. <laughs> Do you know? And then yeah. the Gooch got thrown around the place in, 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 yeah. in, in, that, in that tour. And he never came back, I don't think, after that. Didn't play another series. So, um, as I said, Liam, it has ebbed and flowed. But the last couple of series, with the exclusion of the Indigenous team from Australia, has been pretty close and I think it's kind of shaping up if you look at the uh, Australian squad they're quite kind of d- dynamic big midfielders it's kind of dominates the squad and the Irish team are the same so yeah. it looks like it's set up for a pretty even match yeah. I, I think, think historically I think the I mean I, I just just from sitting at home in Ireland we were watching it was like you were kind of looking forward to free, seeing the lads tumble the head off each other and then and then that was in 2004 2005 and then it just got out of hand in 2006 yeah. it was just like it's actually not even entertaining now. Like it was just uh, fellas dragging each other around the pitch and fellas getting clotheslined. There's one lad barred from Ireland, isn't there? For na- an Aussie, he that was Favola. Favola, yeah, yeah. 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 Favola with a barman. Yeah, well, he's his own coloured passing. Yeah, but like that's <laughs> that's what um, that's what we we're kind of all looking at at home when we were watching. Like, and then I kind of got browned off with it then after a while, yeah. and I was like, nah, I'm not really into it. And then when I got out here again, in 2011, actually, I was playing in the Etihad Stadium before we were playing. Um, a hurling uh, game before an exhibition game against Clarence Bridge but uh, that series wasn't was okay we're kind of starting to get back into it again because we knew a lot of the the Irish <coughs> the Irish players who were playing actually Aussie rules here you know yeah. you had Zach Tui and you had Kieran Byrne and a few more guys like that um, and Pierce Henley and you were kind of more into it then and I think no we're very much into it now because we, we've got a you know we've got a, a know-how of the Irish lads back home obviously because we, we keep in touch with it but we know the Australian game as well, like, and there's, like, we're I think we've got we're in a privileged position because we know both sides so yes. well, you know, and yeah. we'll have a lot more uh, enthusiasm into it than really people at home, I think. Yeah, and I think Giles, I was talking to you about like a couple of days ago, and you were saying that you probably had no interest in it back in Ireland because you didn't have appreciation of the Aussie players, of Aussie, exactly. Aussie players or the AFL, whereas now you follow the AFL, you go to the games, you're actually really excited about it for Sunday. Yeah, exactly. It's funny, I was saying the same, obviously, in the interview with, with CC there, is that being Irish here in Australia with this series, it's very, very exciting because mm. you know the players that Australia have, they have a fantastic team um, and they have to be the equivalent of an all-star to get selected. Like that, you know, you know, like it's going to be really, really high quality. Now, the only thing I will say is we know from your insights, Dara, that the Irish and CC's, that the Irish team have been training for a number of weeks. They've had a number of different camps weekends away. Australia were meeting up for the first time today, right? Ahead of the game on Sunday. And they can't play on the Adelaide Oval um, until Saturday. Well, like, they can't play on the cricket. Adelaide Oval because there's a cricket game. Yeah. So, like, you do wonder then, while there's the best of the bunch Australia are putting forward, now they're obviously a very, very, they're great athletes and they always retain mm. a certain level of they're fitness. Professionals, like, yeah. But they haven't a whole lot done going into this. Now, I had a, an interesting call with a lady in Adelaide today. I won't name names. But she gave me some insight that Eddie Betts, who's one of the AFL players that's playing, um, one of the top forwards in the game, turned up last night to Adelaide. There's a seven-a-side getting football competition on a, on a Wednesday night in Adelaide between Irish and Australians. He turned up to play, pulled up in the car. Yeah. Just to get used to the round ball. He scored 1-2. One, two. Scored 1-2. One, two. He actually scored 1-2. Did you hear that as well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he scored 1-2. And Eddie's corner in the Adelaide, Adelaide all yeah, as well. Yeah, People yeah. want to be... Where you that as well? Yeah, so I just thought that was that was very interesting that like yeah, Eddie Best just turned up and played yeah, a, bit, yeah. a bit of a mess around game on the Wednesday to get used to the ball. Whereas we had we had the Irish boys yesterday in the Punt Road over going through like a very very serious session. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like so, you kind of 
like while they're commi- Australia are committing to it and while we all can't wait for it on Sunday when you kind of hear that their level of preparation oh, I did hear something else that they were all delivered around ball four weeks ago to get used to the ball on their own but collectively they haven't met up until today but, but you know what I find interesting about the Aussie kind of mentality compared to the GA is actually they're kind of I can't think of a better word, but they're je ne sais quoi about it. Like, you know, they don't really care. They just go out onto the field no matter what, all right? They do put in the preparation, but they don't feel that pressure. And you can even see with the media, like the media microphones go around at the end of every quarter and the interview players on the field and you've got players mic'd up on the field like you would have, you know, in soccer or whatever. And it's 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 crazy. Whereas if you try to implement that kind of a mentality into the J world, it's like you can't do that. You can't give away home secrets. You can't give away home truths. And actually what you kind of see is this whole kind of mystified thing about GA inter-county player where the pressure is on and it's huge pressure and now you've got the Irish GA team coming over and they're training very rigorously twice a day the pressure is on them to perform and they're the amateurs and you've got the professional guys then you like the likes of Borgon and Dangerfield they're characters like you know you know them off the field as well as on the field because they do very well in the media and they just go out and play do you know mm-hmm. what I mean they have that thing in Australia where they just go out and play and give it your all and if it's not good enough so what whereas there's a bit of a kind of a the GA mentality, especially with intercounty county football, where the pressure is so intense, it's like you have to perform at all costs. The kind of enjoyment might have been taken out of it a little bit. And I think that builds on what you just said. Is we had Chad Wingard, who's one of the actually Port Adelaide players, who's on the squad for Sunday for Australia. He came out with a quote there during the week, and I'll quote him here. He said, we're professional athletes, they're amateurs. This is our job full-time, so we've been hitting the gym. We're obviously a lot fitter than they are, so we've got to use that advantage. If it's physicality, we've got a few big boys to try and push them around and try and win. So I think that sums that up there, that yeah. they kind of see them, well, that's, I'm not saying Chad is speaking on behalf of the whole Australian team, but they kind of see themselves probably as if these boys are amateurs. But what we know from the boys is they train as professionals. Yeah. You know, while the, the boys are not, they're not getting paid like the, the Australians are, I don't think fitness or physicality is going to be an I issue. So. I think, oh yeah, I don't think that'll be a case at all. I think like the Irish lads will be able to get up and down the field just as much as the, as the Aussie boys as what's the difference between amateur and professionalism is recovery like you know and that's where the professional boys have actually had throughout the season they have recovered properly so their bodies probably will be probably a bit fresher um, come Saturday and I think no I don't think I don't think fitness is going to play mm-hmm. I, I a would whole say, I would say that the Aussies are taking it extremely serious just by the fact the squad that they've named yeah, yeah. years like some of the players that are playing for Australia, you couldn't but have confidence in like Scott Pendlebury, Nat Fife. They all look suited to the game, don't they? Yeah, they're actually they're 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 not muckers as we no. say in Ireland. They're they're all footballers. They're the boys you want on your ball, yeah. on the ball and every team. Like so, you know, naming a squad like that and all the boys willing and want to play like Patrick Dangerfield with a round ball. Yeah, this <laughs> is going to be going to be dangerous. This is going <laughs> to be exciting. What? these boys will be able to do like and yeah. Toby Green is another guy like yeah, yeah, yeah. Of Western Sydney. He, I'd say he's going to be him I and Bates will be the serious combination I think Toby's actually had to pull yeah. out has he? yeah, yeah, yeah Toby's yeah. pulled out injury he, he broke his toe some freak accident on holidays in New York Gary Ablev was another guy who pulled out he was, yeah. he's another freak like yeah. he'd, be, he'd be amazing at the game I'd yeah. say but you got like your Joel Selwood or stuff like that uh-huh. I'd Put him like Seamus Moynihan or someone like yeah, that, just yeah. on the ball, attacking. Tough as nails. Yeah, yeah, put his head where you wouldn't put yeah. and like any part of your body. Like So these lads would yeah. be unbelievable to watch with the round ball. Now, I suppose you did allude to a giggle as well. You referenced that there's no Dublin players in, in the Ireland squad and there's no Richmond players in the Australia squad. So Richmond, Richmond won the equivalent of the Ireland here yeah. in Australia. So it is interesting that, I suppose, it's disappointing not to see a Dublin player take part. Obviously, they just want to train a row and Joe Kernan said, I think they're entitled to blow off a bit of steam. 
which is fair enough. But I was reading a very interesting piece in the in the Times there by Sean Moore there yesterday, and a lot of players, Irish players, haven't committed to this series because of club commitments. So obviously we're in the middle of the club championship season at yeah. home, and whereas maybe ten years ago, the Ireland setup would would have come in definitely over um the club, but this time people are picking club over yeah. country, which I'm I'm not disputing I think and, and it's probably where the loyalty should lie, Definitely but, should but, lie yeah. but it's an interesting dynamic now that you have a chance of representing Ireland yeah. and that people are picking maybe an intermediate club football championship or a, a senior football club championship whereas this opportunity to play in Australia against professionals might never come around again yeah well the, the best one was actually Chrissy McCaig who actually played both he played the club and the inter- international at that time I think it was two years ago it was back in Ireland which was a huge thing for, for him like the uh, Slot and Neil were in the All-Ireland Club Series mm. or the Ulster Club Series at the time and he played the international rules which was huge but yeah look you'd love to see Dustin Martin coming up against Ian McConley. That, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what yeah. we'd love to see. And <laughs> Dustin Martin is like the, the best player in, in he's the Dear McConley for, uh, of AFL, if anyone doesn't know it. And Dear McConley himself is obviously one of the best footballers in the country. He can make the ball talk. And neither of them are there. You, but you'd love to see them mark each other in midfield and, and have a lash off each other and see who'd come out on top there. But yeah, th- there's no Dublin players. They've won three in a row. You'd wonder what the input in Jim, Jim Gavin is in that. that is he kind of saying to the lads, look, take a break here because you're going to have to go for four in a row next year. I don't think you should be playing it. There's also a thing, I think you have to take three weeks annual leave to come and play for Ireland. So if you work yeah. in an office, and a lot of the Dublin lads do work in offices, uh, they've already had lots of holidays. They're going to have a Dublin team holiday for two weeks in January probably. To get another three weeks off is is, is a lot to ask for in your job. Yeah. And um, that's probably deterred a lot of players as well. But yeah, the club, the Vincent thing with Dear McConley is probably the big thing there. Yeah. But but just in terms then I suppose we were speaking about how excited we are for Sunday that we're all going to be tuning in watching it we all have us Australian friends and colleagues in our workplaces and in, in different walks of life here in Australia and I have one very good friend who's a massive AFL fan season ticket holder goes to all the Carlton games would know some of the Irish players playing on Sunday and obviously they have Kate Simpson Carlton player playing for Australia he will not watch it on Sunday he just doesn't a lot of the Australian public actually don't buy into it and I think a lot of it stems back to what happened in 2006. That I think Australia were kind of coming along on the journey in terms of the fans getting into the game. But then when they saw what they did to the Irish in terms of those fights, knocking out Graham Garrity, all that kind of stuff, it actually turned a lot of them off, yeah. which was quite interesting. And I think we've seen that in the attendances since that game, that they've come right back. Obviously, we had the big attendances over in part two years ago, but I think that was down to probably the huge Irish population in part at the time. This game is in Adelaide on Sunday and then in part there's no test in Melbourne for the second time ever. Um, speaking also to my contact in Adelaide today, they haven't opened up the upper tiers of the stand in, in the Adelaide Oval because mm. they, they haven't sold their tickets at the bottom tier. Really? So the Adelaide mm. Oval holds 55,000. The chief executive of the AFL, Gil McLaughlin, was hoping they were going to get 40,000 for Sunday. It sounds like now it's going to be 25, 25 maybe 30, which is still probably a reasonable crowd. But speak, speaking against my, my Adelaide contact, I think remain nameless but it's cricket season here in Australia now so AFL slash footy season is over Australians are in cricket mode and Australians invest so much time in the footy the footy season here as well and they go week by week every single week religiously they go to the footy for 22 23 weeks and then you've got the finals which is over another was it six, 68 weeks it's like a Munster Championship match yeah. every week isn't it yeah so I think I think Munster they're Championship probably I'm <laughs> here are three months but I'm not letting that just <laughs> go on no there like and a championship match <laughs> I, I think it, it's I think that they're just you know they've had a long season themselves even the supporters like and I'd say they just kind of tune out from it really and have a break from it 
and it's like it's it's racing season here now and so everybody's up the races in Flemington and it's all uh, cricket won't actually start for another couple of weeks properly like so. it's nearly seasonal isn't it with the yeah. sport over here it's like once the footy's over it's straight into the you don't hardly even see colours around really. yeah, yeah. yeah cricket and mm. horse racing and stuff like that and people just go on them cycles yeah. like once footy's over it's over and it's even it's even reflected in so over here they all the councils own all the, all the pitches that all the teams the local footy teams play on so once footy season ends at the end of September the footy goals are taken down and in the middle of the footy pitch comes back the wicket for the cricket Increase, and we'd yeah. notice that because we have no goals then to be shooting into everyone when you're playing yeah, at the end of training, September yeah. but it's hilarious to see it's a summer season and a winter season whereas we're in Ireland we play hurling and football throughout multiple seasons yeah. whereas it's this over here the way they do it it's a summer sport or a winter sport that's their they have, a, they have a better fixture list over here yeah. Yeah. an interesting bit of trivia is that actually the AFL was set up by cricketers who wanted to keep fit yeah. in the winter, winter yeah. Yeah. and they set up this sport called uh, Australian Rules Football yeah. a long long time ago so there's yeah. my bit of Giggles Corner news there for the, yeah. for the that was podcast. a nice bit of googling you did earlier on though, Giggles, <laughs> for that. thanks for that we'll have more of the Giggles Corner segment <laughs> yeah. in future episodes but obviously yeah, look, we're talking about the strength of the teams obviously it's a two-legged uh, affair aggregate score first game on Sunday how do we see the first test going Giggles I, I call for you for a prediction on the first test uh, I, don't, I, I don't think I can see a call it anyway I think Ireland have a strong team coming over I think they're big and they've put in a lot of work in the training ground so I think you, what you might see is you might see Ireland off to a flyer um, it'll take the Aussie guys because they haven't got together that long a bit of time to get used to it you might see Ireland up by a couple of goals at half time and then gradually get back into a tighter game with the fitness maybe the Aussie guys kind of coming to the fore in that last quarter I think it's it's 18 minutes a quarter if, if I'm not mistaken so that's a long uh, especially with injury time it's a long out period for a footballer where it's actually a shortened bit for an Aussie rules player so the Aussie rules players will be going helter skelter by the end of it and the, and the Irish guys might be tying a small bit so I reckon Ireland by uh, a goal or two after a bit of a comeback from the Aussies Shani? Um yeah, I, I think just when I touched on it before, because of the you know, the both games coming kinda of closer together in terms of like I suppose pace, fitness, phys- physicality, that kind of thing, I think I think I think it's time for the Irish lads to kinda of step up now and start taking a series because um like obviously the Irish lads have, have the full you know, they've got the full complement and they've got they've got all the all the odds really with their own ball, I think. And I like that has to play in their favour. Like um I I, I to be honest, a losing series would be like be not, a very bad yeah. result. Like because it's they have to they have they have all the aces on their side. Like they and like the fit they have all the fitness now. You see the way the game has gone home in Ireland. Like they have to win. Like really, I think it'd be a disappointment if they didn't. I reckon they'll probably they'll probably win the first test, and I think the Aussies will kind of get a bit of a shock, you know, because their I suppose their preparation we think maybe not as good as we think it is, and I think they'll come back in the second test, but. I, I think I think Ireland would win Ireland the first test. Yeah, yeah. Who will mark Dangerfield? I don't, I don't think I see. I don't think Ireland will have a mentality of tagging or anything like that. That the Aussies boys will have it. So. Tagging is man marking. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say. Shani's here seven years now. He's, yeah. a lot of slang. He's been tagged a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> he does but a lot of the tagging. I do. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Actually, to Could be, be honest, two it depends it's where he puts them. Yeah. yeah. Two would be perfect for him. Actually, when he same type of body type and everything. Dara, what way do you see it going? Um, I reckon just watching from series down through the years that the first quarter plays an awful lot. Um, the teams are just trying to feel out each other enough um, on the field. Remember Australia got a really good start in the last series over in Perth and kind of Ireland were playing catch-up afterwards. So whoever gets the best start 
will play a lot but my gut feeling going by some of uh, the Australian squad that they have as I mentioned before like Scott Pendlebury, uh, Patrick Damonderfield even Eddie Betts I can't look past the Aussies on this one I think yeah fair enough and I, I think what's worth saying is because it is aggregate I think if the Aussies are there thereabouts after the first test they have a serious chance because they only improve because they're together for another week they're used to the round ball I think it, the first test Ireland needs to kind of get a bit of a score up I think and then Australia will probably attack him strong in the second test. So, yeah, I'm actually going to go for an Ireland win on Sunday. I'm not going to call the, the series just yet because we, we are going to have another episode next week to review um, the first game and preview the second game. Um, so I'm going to go for an Ireland win on Sunday. We'll all be tuning in. It's on RTE back home. We have it here on, on Channel 7, I think, in Australia. Um, and I think it could be on the GEA go as well. Do you know, just a question before you jump on. Yeah. Do you know the mark... Are you allowed to jump up on the lads back when you do the mark in the compromise rules like you can in AFL? Yeah. You can. You, can, yeah. you can put the knees on the shoulder. Knees on the shoulder. Yeah. Right. It should be exciting to watch now a couple of... Pendlebury especially. Yeah. yeah. There, yeah. I think the likes of Michael Murphy and Aidan O'Shea they'll be, yeah. they'll be having a crack at that as well. Let's say. Yeah. Because it was interesting watching them down there on, 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 on sorry, last night in training that they were going up for marks but without doing that. Yeah. This, the leap of the boys up off the ground was phenomenal. Aiden no The size of Aiden no O'Shea. I couldn't believe the, the size of Aiden O'Shea in the flesh, even though we were still probably 50, 60 metres away from yeah. Absolute giant of a man. It's, it's just interesting as well. A lot of people will be chatting to you out here and they'll be saying, oh, what did you do for the weekend or something? And I'd say, oh, I played a, a Gaelic football match. And people will be asking, what, what's Gaelic football? And, you know, I, I, when I came here first, I was kind of saying, oh, it's kind of like a mixture between rugby and soccer but then I was like thinking it's exactly like AFL yeah. but there's a round ball and yeah. there's no tackling yeah. yeah so I think the tackle will be very tackle interesting. Will be interesting yeah yeah, yeah. I think I think the tackle was a big problem for Ireland in years gone by when the Aussie players were a lot bigger and stronger like we alluded earlier I think Ireland now can cope better with the tackle and they are actually capable of doing that tackling but it's just a mindset that you can actually wrap your arms around that and drag them to the ground yeah it's just getting used to that um, that you can actually do that in a game and not be penalised for it and that's actually to your advantage to do that and just just looking at the Aussie squad they don't have any monsters that'll absolutely kill no. no do you know like Barry Hall that time yeah. remember Barry Hall came over and he got do you know but that, yeah. that type of player is gone from the game really yeah. that body type like is totally gone from the game you don't see big massive forwards the only big forward to have is Ben Brown and Ben Brown he's not he's, he still covers that of ground like he'll move a lot like yeah so you won't have a guy standing in the, in, on the square and the lumping ball on top of him. Actually, I tip, there's a tip. Ben Brown for a player the, of the series. There we go. Yeah. Giggles is hot tip. Yeah. Yeah. First. Put your money <laughs> on it now. Yeah. All right, we leave the international rules there, but we're looking forward to the game on Sunday and we'll have a review of it there um, on our podcast next week. Um, we might have Gary on this podcast as well or else we might have him next week, so we're waiting for Dara to pull that one off for us. Um, <laughs> nice. So coming up next, we're going to have a look at, at the All-Stars. In one single moment, your whole life can turn round. I stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Things were just going through my head, you know, and because like, you know, I don't want to leave the people of Warford down, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Warford are my life, you know, and I, I, I love, I love, I love my county, you know. We love Jumbaland. Okay, so up now we're going to talk about the, the All-Stars, the, the Price Waterhouse Coopers All-Stars as they now are known. Um, we've had a few different sponsors throughout the years. We've had the, the Football All-Stars 
were announced live on TV on the Thursday night um, or sorry, the Friday night and we had the hurlers were announced in the paper the day before. I always hate when the hurlers are the ones that come out in the paper. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, I, yeah. Like it really annoys me to be able to alternate that. that if you could see Liam's face here now, he's really <laughs> angry about that. Yeah, it just up the nose. I used to hate waking up every day. I was it's like opening your Christmas presents on Christmas Eve, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was great always seeing the Kilkenny players getting them like, you know, but not this year unfortunately. Like, But um, yeah, it was always like, it just bugs me the way. That was another context mentioned there, Shani, was it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was the context Kilkenny reference but anyway, we, might, we might look at the, the, the hurling all Cha-ching. stars what did you say Johnny? Cha-ching Cha-ching yeah, yeah Cha-ching um, we might look at the hurling all stars first um, obviously we had Joe Canning get hurler of the year we did a, an episode a few weeks ago where we spoke about who we thought would get hurler of the year Johnny was calling for Grodd back in early that was never going to happen um, but Joe, Joe Canning oh, got, you were calling for Grodd um, that's because he's a centre back that's yeah right. Joe Canning got it. I don't think there's too many complaints about it considering the year that he had. Jamie Barron is pro- was probably a close second, I reckon. What do you think he is? Yeah, so I, I went with Joe on, on the last episode and actually there, there's, I think there's a lot more talk about Jamie Barron should have getting it than you think, to be honest. Yeah. Looking at like Buffy Egan, our, our main correspondent back in Kerry, uh, he definitely called for, for Jamie to get it. And as I look at the year that probably went by for both players, the more I kind of lean towards Jamie Barron, not because I'm from Waterford, but he actually had a phenomenal year. Like, do you know, outstanding, outstanding in every single minute of every single game. And when I look at Joe Canning, I think Joe Canning, in fairness to him, I don't begrudge him it because I think he's been so consistent over so many years. But I think Joe played a different role this year. He played a real team role. He was a phenomenal leader for Galway. He got points that won them games and ultimately won them the All-Ireland. There you but, go. But, that's but, your, that's no, exactly why. I understand why. that. I understand that. But, but when you look at the amounts of time that he was in and out of games and maybe out of games more than in games, you wonder when you talk about the hurler of the year, was Jamie Barron a better pick there? It, it, it's kind of like... I think it goes on the vote, the players vote, and then there's was worth fifty percent, and then there's the journalists pick fifty percent, and I think an element might have have gone for the fact that Joe has been building up to this moment to to win the Lee McCarthy with Galway all his life and to crown it with a hurler of the year. I'd say maybe he's he's either first or second. I'm not saying it's yeah. a total thing, yeah. but I'm just saying Jamie Barron in a lot of people's eyes, and the more I think about it in my eyes, well, maybe could have won it as well. And a fair point, a fair point about you know I've been building up to that occasion, but. Like you kind of did say it there, you said like he's been he's been consistent all year in and out of games, yes. But like when he's been in, he's been in at the m- most important stages of the game that actually got him over the line. He's playing a different role. He's sacrificing his own game for the team, you know. And and like he's not really stepping out of the limelight either. Like he's still an integral part of their attacking their attacking yeah. force. Like so, I think he's thoroughly enjoyed it. I think Jamie Barron. I think in the it's unfortunate he was sick for the All Ireland final. I think that probably went against him in, in ter- he was the sick overall very good voting. In the he got two yeah. points to play. Yeah, and um, I think the Kikini game, Kikini game was probably his best game all year. I think. Yeah, he was phenomenal, and yeah. he was phenomenal against Cork in the semi final. He was phenomenal. Even yeah. the game they lost against Cork, against the, the game they lost against in Cork, Wexford, yeah, yeah. he was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah he probably look. He probably is a bit unlucky to get it, but I think I think Joe's profile. Gotta win yeah. in the other job, be knocking on the door for a long time. I know they say those things don't come into it, but I reckon those things they do. do, and, do and, and, and nobody begrudges the job, no, I think. Definitely fair, fair play to Joe. Yeah, yeah. And in, ter- in terms of the All Stars themselves, look, there were six first time All Stars. We had Connor Cooney, Connor Whelan, Gerard McInerney, Mark Coleman, Park Mannion, and, and Stephen O'Keefe, all first time All Stars. I don't think you could argue with any of those six getting an All Star. And I don't think you could argue with the 15 in general. I think it really kind of picked itself, to, uh, to be honest. And I'm delighted Mark Coleman got one. I think after the semi-final he didn't have a, a great day against Waterford that day he probably got caught out of position for 
um, to go and I think Brick Welch might have given him a bit of a lesson or two I think yeah. that day but I think Coleman had been an outstanding player throughout the Munster Championship um, he's probably been a breakthrough player for Cork this year and I think he deserved his all-star wing back I don't, dis- I, I don't disagree with you and I think Matt Coleman should have got left half back and I said the last day I think though that the all-star selection panel um, did bottle it because they put uh, Mannion back cornerback and Mannion didn't, Manny so. didn't play cornerback yeah. all year not one yeah. game not one minute I so, think that's so Adrian, Adrian Tuohy yeah. wasn't very unlucky Adrian Tuohy had a very good year um, and I don't think Parag or I don't think Parag Mara should have got it I think Mannion should have got yeah. it so Parag Mara got cleaned out against Cork by yeah. Connerly and got absolutely cleaned and then was very strong against and I'd say uh, maybe we judge Parag Mara like we judge Joe Canning at a higher standard which is we fair do, enough yeah. right? but he was very strong against Clare and he was very strong against Galway in the last two games I, I think it would have been fair to pick Mannion and to pick Tuohy a cornerback and to pick Mark Coleman. Yeah, I uh, totally agree with that. Yeah. And, and Dara, just on how the All-Stars are picked there, Giggles is saying the way, I suppose, is a bit disputed. You had heard a very good interview during the week with Michael Lester. Just for people at home, just a breakdown of how it works. You want to give us a little rundown on it there? Um, so they select... So there's 16 for the football, 16 people who pick for the football and 16 who pick for the hurling. There's seven people uh, um, that are on both football and the hurling. They pick three times a year, so after the league, um, after the provisional championships, and then after the Ireland series. Yeah. So in total, say if you're on the panel, you pick 45 players, yeah. and all your votes are put into into the system and obviously the best 15 hurlers are picked and the best 15 footballers picked if there is controversy over a player that's picked the there's a debate about it and there's a voting system 3-2-1 and if there's still controversy the actual GA president has the final call on it I don't think it's ever gone to that but that's yeah, the system in place. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. what goes on with that. Like a lot of yeah. people think, oh yeah, the journalist just pick it and that's it. Like, but that did, and we often I think spoke before that, or oh, it should be taken into account what happens in the league and what happens in. Yeah. The, but it actually does. They, act, they actually do meet those three times, which is interesting to reflect on how the whole year is going. But, but you'd but wonder then, do they have a waiting system like on the votes that are cast after the All Ireland versus the ones cast after the Munster yeah. or the provincial? Excuse me, Liam, and the ones after the league because you'd imagine after the league and after the Leinster Championship, Lee Chin would have been in like in like Flynn you know what I mean he had such a good year and then because he obviously didn't play in the All-Ireland series he, he would have begun was there was there any mention on waitings there no that's that? actually a really good question I imagine that there probably should be I reckon in my own opinion but I'm not sure look we've had Aegon the president of G on the podcast I might give him a call after give this him a call him. just to see <laughs> what, clarify just, just, just get that clarified <laughs> and we can have that free on next week's episode he's over here isn't he he's over here yeah, yeah. I'll just give him a ring I'm his sure, number yeah. on the phone send him a whatsapp get your contact in Adelaide to give him a ring yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else was I going to say to you oh the, Michael Lester actually the interviews with and they talked about the 1980s when they did it like in they used to pick I think the football at 11 o'clock and the hurling at 2 o'clock like and he said there'd be trays of drink coming into the room from 11 <laughs> o'clock in the room this is back in the 80s like so you can imagine lots of puff oh, cigarettes God. around the place the whole lot like yeah. so times have changed thank God but just on your point giggles about you're saying that part like part Mannion shouldn't have got cornerback he should have got wing back um, I, was, I don't know who it was I read I think it was in the paper during the week that the way they pick the forwards now on the backs is they pick six forwards and they pick six backs 
And that's okay in football, yeah. I think, because it's but everyone the, plays everywhere. But, but it's acknowledging. I think even in hurling now, to a certain extent, true, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot more fluid than it was. Yeah. It is, you, but you, know what I mean? you still have a full back line. Like you can you can forget about corner or a full or whatever, but yeah. you still have a full back line. You but where would you pick Tiger to work it in? Because he sits in the middle of it, you know, if you're picking a full yeah. or a half back line. You'd still pick him in a half back line. You would, have yeah, to but go yeah. Like. But yeah, so yeah. I think that's what that's taken yeah. into account now that you'd say traditionally before Tommy Welch would have got right half back yeah. or whatever it was because he played right half back anywhere yeah. in the half back line you'd be happy that he, you know, he got yeah. it in like. but I think that's what they're saying now is that the six forwards and the six backs given the, the nature of especially football I think but they're actually looking at that at hurling now as well that you don't I think in fairness not compared to the, the Australasia All-Stars but you know yeah. the All-Stars are given for the best players for the year and the way they're dividing up now is the best midfield the best backs and the best forwards yeah. and it's kind of hard not to argue with that to be fair yeah. given that there is that bit of movement throughout the year, I suppose. I suppose you, you don't have the situation then where you ended up with 1998 where you had the hurler of the year, Brian Whelan, yeah, yeah. not actually get an all-star because he was moved up to the forwards and moved back yeah. to the backs and they forgot about him. Yeah. So I'd say that was one of your examples, Dara, where the drink was coming in at two o'clock yeah, and they must have forgot about him. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, either, like, you won't have Parag like, Mahar or Gary McInerney being moved back to the full back line. That won't actually won't happen because... The Galway or Tipperary line will make sure he's out in the half back line somewhere, like yeah. you know, for a matchup, like so. I think Manion played cornerback last year, so they they kind of had a, a bit of maneuverability yeah. there. I still, I still, I still go at your point, Dal. I mean, he should they should have won they should have won with the ballsy decision and win like either pick in the half back line pick or Mark or Pardy. Yeah. I would have picked yeah. Mac. Yeah. yeah, I would have too. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be delighted to see Parkmar not get one, to be honest. Well, it's so anti-tip. I don't like him. It would be great to have no tip that on. He had, it's his fifth All-Star, is that right? Yeah, he's his fifth All-Star. He's an outstanding player. Yeah, he's a great, he's a great wing back. But definitely wasn't one of his best years, though. No, I don't, I don't, I think he was very inconsistent in the championship. I think maybe two, and he had two massive games now, like, let's be honest, like it wasn't, yeah. There weren't mediocre games, there were massive games that he played, like. Oh, he's a serious hurler, to be fair, and you saw him in club action there a few weeks ago he was clear man ball yeah. all there he was phenomenal yeah, wasn't he yeah. he was getting points and everything he was yeah, yeah. I think the, the only other choice I suppose that the all-star panel had was the goalie Stephen O'Keefe or Anthony Nash that you would have been kind of like the Sunday game picked Anthony Nash as the goalkeeper yeah. of the year and Stephen O'Keefe who has been very consistent very good with yeah. his puck outs and very serious shot stopper I think there you go now in the voting system there Dara's on about I think that's that's you know that that was Stephen definitely was there like yeah. Stephen was was consistent all throughout but without doing anything spectacular I suppose either oh, he's had some, some spectacular yeah. saves for Waterford this year and then yeah. even if you look at the cl and an old club championship isn't it but the save he had at the weekend uh, yeah, from Six Mile Bridge was yeah. unbelievable yeah. Yeah. Um, Nash could get any puck four or five balls over the line there against Waterford yeah. in the yeah. semi-final the All-Ireland semi-final probably was went was down to Nash yeah. it was yeah yeah, yeah. you know Anyhow, that's the hurling on to the football. We had, I suppose, first off, we had Andy Moore in football of the year. I think we were all a big fan of Andy Moore on the podcast. Uh, that was a shame given, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. I think, like, especially from obviously the semi final, the replay, and the final, he was just phenomenal in that latter end of it for, for Mayo. And, like, I don't think there was any dispute. And it's hilarious because it just you go back then and you look at the real experts who are the Sunday game pundits, you know, and they all pick James McCarthy as football yeah. of the year. Just based on the other Based on the other in the final. So at least yeah, the voting system works. When I think when I looked at any poll that you do on the 42 or any of these things, there was something like 72 or 73% support for Andy Moore versus the other guys. It was a clear-cut winner. Mm. He scored more from play than I'd say any player this year um, in all the big games as well. So they, there was a no-brainer there, to be honest. Yeah, and we also had five first-time football All-Stars um, similar to the Hurling, um, which is, you know, it's a fairly big turnaround to have five in the football and, and six in the Hurling. Um, and we had Conor Callaghan was one of the first um, football All-Stars. He also won Young Footballer of the Year. 
And I don't think there's probably too many arguments around the football all-stars either. Bar the big talking point, obviously, is the goalkeeper. Yeah. So you're talking about the goalkeeper in Hurling. The goalkeeper in the football was very, very disputed. There's lots of articles being written. I was reading on the paper today. And people were saying, Cluxton on the back of three in a row, what he's done, blah, 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 should have got it. But again, comes back to what Darius just said there. It's not That stuff can't be coming into it. No, you know, yeah. It's based on what happened during the year. Um, but you probably say he's probably as unlucky not to get one as well. So D- David Clark played 10 championship games this year and he was phenomenal in 10 championship games. Like he made game-winning saves in a lot of those games against Clare, against Derry. Uh, you go through the game in Roscommon when they were when they only got the draw. Against Kerry, he was phenomenal. Stephen Cluxton, like, what, what, what teams do is they allow him give the kick out to the cornerback, right? So what's he doing? He's tapping the ball off the tee to the, to the cornerback and he's got a 95% kick out possession stat, right? Which is just a manufacturer of the way that people are so shitless when they play against Dublin. So he can't be blamed for that. But at the same time, you can't give him an all-star for tapping the ball he off the tee. He doesn't tap it every time either, though. I, I, if you look at the percentages, I guarantee it's over 80%. Because w- when he does go long, Kildare put, pushed up on him in the Leinster final three times and in fairness to him he hit three kickouts down the middle into the space found Niall Scully Niall Scully went through and they got points which was brilliant but um, he just he just didn't have enough to do he's like I'll give you a Kilkenny reference here Liam he's like James McGarry right he's nothing to do because the Kilkenny backs are so good right yeah, James McGarry never got enough I know, I know I understand that yeah um, Cluxon has a few the last one he got was in 2013 actually uh, he's the captain Dublin to three in a row and he hasn't got one uh, which is unfortunate but I, I'm biased obviously with the Mayo but I think when you look at shot stopping the amount of action David Clark was in and all the good things he's done I, I, th- I think it's a it's a fair selection Dara did you think there was any other talking points aside from, from Cluxton um, I think Tiernan McCann from Tyrone as well obviously he might feel a bit hard done by had a phenomenal season I reckon at wing back um, James Parsons actually from Mayo midfielder possibly yeah if, like personally Aidan O'Shea I've a bit of a bean a bonnet about him like I don't know yeah I, I, I think it'd be interesting to hear your Charlie Redmond had a, had a comment about him as well he yeah. thought <laughs> there was a bit of bias towards him and that Kevin McLaughlin should have got the yeah. All-Star uh, yeah, I, I yeah, think I might do. agree with Charlie yeah. this time <laughs> yeah. I think your old friend Charlie yeah. there, there's a lot of people in Mayo were delighted actually when Aidan O'Shea went back full back because there's a there's a kind of conception around Aidan that when he gets the ball he does get on a lot of ball but he really slows the play yeah, up yeah. And when Aiden went back full back, you had Doherty gone out to the half forward and the ball went in so fast, Andy Moore was getting kind of really good ball. He, he did dominate midfield in a lot of the kind of qualifier games, but then again, I think it was Charlie made the point that actually there's 10, 10 players that went through the qualifiers that dominated the game, so why shouldn't they get one? He did go back full back for two games against Kerry and probably was anonymous, if not beaten the first day. But did a job. And did, a, did a job, but did a job, but you don't get an all-star for doing a job. And then in the other final, he was really really good like all-star quality for 55 minutes and then probably not for the last 15 so yeah I think James Parsons I think Kevin McLaughlin I think Tiernan McCann the three of those guys um, would yeah feel pretty hard done by actually I thought he had, no, she had a great honour in the final as well I, I don't know I, I think he deserved his all-star I, I disagree yeah. with you there lads yeah, okay. I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. I'm just saying there's, no, there's just, definitely a debate. I know, yeah, but you're had. saying he he did he did his job. And he didn't get an all star, but like he he went back and a bit like Joe Kenny, he kind of sacrifices his own game. I know it's not his decision, it's the yeah. management decision, but like he went back and did a job for the team. You know, I still had a good all in the final. I think in the in midfield, I know there was a bit of a, a bit of a, a lapse in energy levels, and near yeah. the end, he probably was going on about it that he cost them the all Ireland, but. I thought he deserved his all-star, right? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, hard to, hard to, hard to argue yeah. as well that Kevin McLaughlin was 
definitely in the running yeah. for an All Ireland. And, and like Kilkenny had a terrible All Ireland final, but I'd imagine on the voting system after the league and after the Leinster Championship, with it's all these possession stats, <laughs> sixty-two touches in a game, he would have been right in there. But the probably All Ireland final went against him, and uh, yeah, Kevin McLaughlin was probably one of the big losers in the forwards. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think overall, I think we're we're saying. We can't disagree too much with the odds. There's probably just one or two positions in each, which is always a good. And they're debatable, not they're not debatable. saying that they're yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So there's a couple of debatable decisions, but on the whole, I think we're we all we're all agreed on football of the year, and we're all agreed on the hurler year, which often can be a controversial one, and it was a controversial one last year. I only know. in Tipperary. Yeah, only in Tipperary when Austin Gleeson got it, which I was delighted to see as well. The Tip lads are blaming the Kilkenny lads for not voting for him, which was absolutely ridiculous. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think all in all, everyone is is, is fairly satisfied with with, with the odds stars and. Um, he didn't get an Oscar this year. No. Who? Austin Gleeson. No. no, he didn't deserve one. No, no, he was anonymous for a long, for a lot yeah. of it. I think. Uh, Flash is a brilliant like but Yeah, he did. Overall, is a, is he probably got the goal of the year and the point of the year. He got a goal of the year when there's only fourteen men. And yeah, okay. Look, I think we we leave the All Stars there, and coming up next, we're going to have a look at the club championships at home. Guy Henry stood up to a penalty, toughest penalty he was ever going to face in his life, you know, everything riding on it. He just buried it, you know, and... And was it a penalty, Brian, do you think? Well, Dermot Kerwin certainly gave a penalty. I mean, I, I, if you want to start wondering about all of the frees in the course of the game, you'd have a fairly fairly busy time. Did you think yourself was a penalty, Marty? Well, I, I wasn't too sure, but it, it just seemed a little bit dodgy in, in the replay. I have no idea, Marty. Did you check all the other frees as well to see where they dodgy <laughs> also? Maybe you should. Maybe you should. In, in terms of the referee, did you, were you pleased overall? I'm sure you are now, considering you've won the All-Ireland. But did you think he allowed a lot to go? Oh, Marty, please give me a break. With the referee, uh, referee, we're supposed to say nothing about referees. I make a habit of saying absolutely nothing about referees. Terry McCurvin, I was, I'm certain in my head, was going out to be the very, very, very best he possibly could be. You seem to have had a problem with him. You tell me. we just had another round of club championship games at the weekend the last time we spoke about the club championship was two weeks ago we did a preview of the Kilkenny County final between Dixborough and James Stevens. my Dixborough as I refer to him as <laughs> and the boys give me a bit of stick for that but I stand by that they are my Dixborough they are my club at home and obviously delighted we had, had a great win over James Stevens, or the village as we know our big city rivals first time in 24 years winning the senior title and great scenes in Dixborough so I just want to say congratulations to all the boys at home, Mark Dowell and the management team and Killian and Ollie the captain and all the boys involved. Um, obviously, we've had a game since. We played cool at the weekend in the Leinster quarterfinal. Um, very disappointing result. Look, we lost to Kula, I think. We're a better team on the day. We can't have any complaints. But it bit, you know, it was a bit of an anticlimax after the jubilation of the week before. And and yeah. the, the scenes in uh, Dixborough and uh, the clubhouse in Palmerstown to come back down to our den to lose the cool I was a bit disappointed. But as you, as you you sent me a link there, the average age of the Dixborough team is twenty three. Is that right? Under twenty two. Under twenty two. Excuse me. So look, it looks like Dixborough could be around now if they if they can put it back to back Kilkenny next year, they might mount a, a challenge for the Leinster. I was kind of saying on the on the last podcast that Kula 
their toughest game in Leinster would be against Kilmacud. They were a point up with two minutes to go uh, and they actually brought David Tracy back on to take the free and then yeah. he scored a second point. They win by three. They've, you, you you watched the game, Liam, against yeah. Dixborough. They've seen very serious firepower. Seri- that, was a, that was a bold statement by John the week before. I was like was. saying that the, only, the hardest game would be in the Dublin Championship and I, I didn't believe it at the time and I thought... You could hardly rule out, you know, a, a club team in Kilkenny. Um, I didn't know all that about Dixborough, but that was a that was a bold statement by you. But in fairness, it, it looks like it now at the moment. I don't know. Yeah, that statement did not go down well in Kilkenny, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I didn't have an email or tweet. I had <laughs> private messages from lads say who does that giggles that think he is. Now I'll be honest. I, I've done my homework a bit since then, and I was looking at the St Martin's team, and I'll be honest with you, I think St Martin's will give him a lot bigger game than Dixborough. Yeah. St Martin's have a few of the, the O'Connor lads. He's only actually eighteen or nineteen years of age. He played. He made his debut for Wexford this year. He he's phenomenal hurler, and they've got some other really good hurlers as well in St Martin's. They hammered out Arthur Ball in the county yeah. final, which was a, a big yeah. thing. Now our are probably getting a bit old and a bit long in the legs, but. I think St. Martin's will give Kula a good run, but I still can't see past Kula look, for the next time. Yeah, look, the big thing about Kula from <laughs> the big thing about Kula for me watching them is obviously they have, they're the club all are champions as well. Let's not forget that as well. Yeah, as exactly. Yeah. But the way they play is like we. Knew, I think for Dixborough, we knew what was going to happen on Sunday. They were going to isolate Conor Callaghan. They were going to pump ball into the corners, and they're going to run at Dixborough and, and do great support play. And they just executed that plan to to a T. Dixborough moved Killian Buckley back and Colin Callaghan within the first 10 minutes but like it didn't matter who's marking Colin Callaghan with all that space around him and the boys hitting balls right in front of him you have a hope you just know what I mean just shows yeah like with the calibre of, of, of um, Killian Buckley Killian Buckley back and Colin Callaghan yeah. yeah. when you have all yeah. that space like yeah. fellas can do what they want but it, it, was, it was interesting I, I used to train with Kula in Dublin and Matty Kenny who was the manager who, was, who, who didn't get the Dublin job I couldn't believe the level of professionalism he used to bring every backs and forward session and match session he'd bring the whiteboard out onto the field and he'd draw this diamond so Conor Callaghan the whole game plan or Mark Shute at the time because Conor wasn't playing was full forward and they bring their two corner forwards that was wing forwards the centre forward plays and that's the diamond yeah. and they hit the balls as you said into the corners Con goes left and right and then the boys do the loop for the pop pass and their wing forwards play both as sweepers or back in the back line yeah. it's just so much space yeah. and I've heard if the St. Martin's lads are, are listening there now they should, they, they should be listening to that one and I to swear that. I've heard that diamond reference in Gary on training you, you might have yeah <laughs> <laughs> we didn't execute it as well no no <laughs> I'm not as we, fast as Conor Callaghan yeah. <laughs> we no. didn't have the caliber player yeah. Yeah. But, but seriously though like, like Conor Callaghan like if Dublin were to have him available for the hurlers, like he would be a serious addition for the Dublin hurlers. Like yeah. we're not like let's be honest, he's not going to play hurling with Dublin, no, no matter how hard Pat Gilray tries to get him on board. Um, but he scored one three from play against Dixborough. He probably easily won another three or four frees that were converted into scores as well, yeah. and he set up more scores. You know what I mean? He set up their first goal, so he's a phenomenal hurler. And look, look, that's just picking out Conor Hallen. They had players, all strong players all over the field. And in fairness, look, I think it was Dixborough. Probably, it's, you know, you could say it was their their first year yeah. coming out of Leinster. They're, I said, an average age of under twenty two. Dixborough will only learn, and I think Dixborough have a great chance of going back to back to Kenny Championships. The Kenny Championship is a very even championship at the moment. Dixborough have youth on their side. They've Killian Buckley, obviously Kilkenny uh, senior, and have two others on the Kilkenny senior panel as well with Ollie and um, Evan Cody. So. I'm hoping if the future is bright for Dixborough, but it was just a bit disappointing on Sunday. But again, I don't think no complaints. We also had um, any any Dixborough lads to watch out for actually, Liam. Just yeah, yeah I think they Connor, are young. Yeah, Connor Doherty was was Connor back. He was actually in the county finals, marking Owen Larkin, and Owen Larkin was very very frustrated in that county final, mounting to the ref, giving out to the ref. I think I know Larkin's on the road a long time, but Connor Doherty really got the better of him. 
Conor Donnelly was probably one of the better Dixborough players on, on, on Sunday as well even though it was tough being a back against that uh, Kuna Ford no cornerback and he has been on the Kilkenny under 21 team and he's a Kilkenny minor I think he'll have a great chance of getting called in the winter by Brian Cody um, for me potentially Bill Sheen as well Bill Sheen had a great county final scored 1-3 from play um, they will be the two I think have have a good chance of being called I think, think it will be remiss of us as well not to mention that that goal that that lad from James Stevens got against Dixborough it was one of the best goals I've seen all year tied the wire the one he popped back into yeah. the hand he just yeah. touched up off the hurley and struck it off the, off the stick Savage into one. the far top corner yeah. it was a serious strike oh, it should have been clear in the first place so. <laughs> 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 I tell you it was I just back onto that game just quickly though that was a phenomenal county final 4-15 to 4-10 eight, eight goals in a Kilkenny county final at the end of October and the pitch looked like a carpet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talking to the boys, it was very soft underfoot. It looked oh, great, but yeah. I think it was quite soft. But it was a very, very entertaining game. Not for me watching it at two o'clock in the morning when the goals going in when we were twelve points up and then it was back to five. <laughs> um, but as a neutral, it definitely was a phenomenal game. But um, yeah, congrats again to Dixborough. Uh, but best of luck to Cooler going forward. Obviously, we had Mount Leinster Rangers beat Cam Ross at the weekend on the other side of the draw, and uh, we had Kilcormick as well beat Castletown. Um, that's the easy side of the draw not, not, to, not to be disrespectful but you, you do have a, a draw where you've got Kilkenny, Wexford, Dublin off, uh, and, and Dublin all on the one side of the draw and you have the Offaly champions with Westmead, Leash and, and Carlo on the other yeah, side yeah. yeah I think it, <coughs> the Borough would love to be on the other side I know they would have played a cool at some stage but you might cool the first game roll, up yeah. yeah first game up was always going to be tough and then we had in the Munster Championship we had uh, Ballygunner had a very, very, very good win over Six Mile Bridge, but again, a very, very tight win. They've come through some very close games. Two tight wins since we played the last yeah. They beat Thurlis by a point mm. first after, after extra, extra time, time in Welsh Park. And then they went, was the, was the Six Mile Bridge game on in Six Mile Bridge or was it on in Welsh Park? Sure I, I didn't see that game, now, but I was reading about it. And there were four points up and then Shane Amori for Six Mile Bridge got a goal. Um, yeah, we have a few friends down in Six Mile Bridge there, the Crows, they, they own the shop. They would have been shouting on Six Mile Bridge. Yeah, um, Walsh Park. Walsh Park. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, look, Ballygunner, after winning two games by the skin of their teeth, I think the the other game was Blackrock got annihilated Black by um, Napier Sig. It was always hard for Blackrock mm. to come up after losing a, losing a county final and then trying to play in a Munster club. We spoke Imagine about the that. mindset yeah. trying to do that. Yeah, you're, and you're not even going in as, as oh. county champions. Like, they're, in fairness, they're on a high to not. They actually felt sorry for that. That's yeah. hard, isn't it? Yeah. So you have a really interesting Munster final now where you probably have in Munster, you have the best set of forwards in the Pier Sheik. They've got Kevin yeah. Downs, they've got Casey, they've got some David Breen, they've got Andrew Breen. They're going to be missing Shane Dowling for the rest of the year. He's out now with a knee injury. He's getting an operation, which is a major loss to him. But they're coming up against the best set of backs in the Munster, or in the club championship in Munster, in Ballygunner. They've got a serious backline, a serious goalie, a serious midfield. And then they obviously rely heavily on Parik Mahoney, and hopefully they'll get um, Brian O'Sullivan back for the final if, if they want to win it. But mm-hmm. it'll be an interesting game, because I think the Pierce League are probably favourites, but Ballygunner have been really badly hardened and tested in, the, in their two games. Whereas the Piercing have won the Limerick County Championship, have had a Kate walk against mm. Blackrock, yeah. and now will be missing Shane Dowling, their their main free taker and one of their main score getters. Yeah, I think, and I think you can see from I saw a bit of the last two of um, what am I saying? I'm going blank there. Someone take it away there, lads. <laughs> Sorry, so the last two of Bally of Ballygunner games, the amount of frees the Park Man has been hitting, oh. like and scoring frees in late October from his own forty-five. Yeah. Like you know, it's it's such a massive thing this time of year is free taking and free taking accuracy, yeah. and if that'll be the winning of those games is is if your free taker is on, and Park Manny is red hot at the moment. Yeah, I think I think one of the best strikers of the ball back in the nineties and the noughties was Paul Flynn, a Ballygunner man, 
and I think Park Manny has grown up watching Paul Flynn. Yeah. I know he's not the same style now, but Park Manny is like a robot on the freeze. He just stands over the ball. He's got a very robotic way he takes it, but it goes straight over the black spot every time. And this clean strike of the ball he has is phenomenal. Yeah. 11 frees I think he scored in 165 so that's yeah. unbelievable yeah. it's a serious haul yeah it's a serious haul ridiculous isn't yeah, it yeah. so look yeah the club championships is ticking along nicely unfortunately TG Catter actually don't let people overseas watch the games at home I had to use a, a VPN on the last two Sundays to, to watch it which is a bit frustrating we have GA going access to all inter-county games but it's a bit annoying that they block the access for overseas people to watch the club games at home. You know, you, you think would, you think the GA would do a deal with TG Four as well as RT, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's a bit it's of a, a bit of a strange one, but yeah, I got, I still got to watch them, so I, I was I, I didn't mind. Uh, you should have a chat with your contact in Adelaide about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, might, I might have a chat with Egan about that as well. Get Egan. I'm asking about the All Stars. I'm asking about. Egan might give you the password. Yeah. Gary Brennan works actually for TG Car, so there's another. There you go. I'll have a word with Gary about that when talking about the preview game. But yeah, look, look. Um, Club Championship still in full swing, but I think we're in international rules mode at the moment. We have the game on Sunday, so we're really looking forward to that. So we're going. To, we'll, we'll finish up there. Thanks very much, Giggles, for coming along with your contribution tonight. Yeah, I'm trying to work on the giggles out. Uh, I want to be kept on for a few more weeks. Giggles in, giggles in. <laughs> yeah, giggles in. I like the way he's having his own little giggles corner there now. I think he's really trying to put some. Trying to build my brand. Yeah, yeah. Shawnee, thanks as always. Great. Thanks, Liam. Thanks for the tea. Yeah, you're welcome. And a few Tim Tams. to like penguin bars for those at home. Um, and also, thanks very much, Dara, again, for, for coming along and give us a give us a hand, especially your insights on the international rules and the football. Thanks, boys. Looking forward to the game at the weekend. Looking forward to the Aussie commentators as well. So listen yeah. out for them. Yeah, and Marty Morrissey, I think, will be doing it with them as well. So that's always good having the, the two yeah. of them doing it. So it's, it's always good. So It's on Terrestrial TV here, isn't it? It's on, yeah. yeah. It's on free to air, so we'll be watching it on Sunday. Okay, so we'll leave it there. We'll be back next week with a, a review of the first test and a preview of the second test. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.